as a huge advocate of server-side tagging, but also as a regular internet user, I really, really hope this problem of transparency gets attention from the Google engineers, from the ad tech and martech industry, from legislation, from practitioners, and from users themselves. This is the Technical Marketing Handbook, a podcast all about the technologies and concepts in the world of digital marketing. In today's episode, we talk about server-side tagging and the Vegas rule of what happens in the server stays in the server. Welcome to another episode of the Technical Marketing Handbook. I'm your host, Simo Ahaba. I'm also the co-founder of Simmer, the company that sponsors this podcast. Today, I wanted to revisit the topic of server-side tagging, which, if you recall, we already discussed in episode five of this podcast, as Adam Halbardier of Google was my visitor. In that podcast episode, we mainly talked about server-side tagging for GTM, its features, what types of problems it solves, and he really didn't give me enough time to talk about some of the shortcomings and also some of the veiled potential of the technology. And that's what this podcast episode is all about. Ever since server-side tagging for GTM was released, it's really picked up momentum like nothing else I've seen before in the tagging space. Because the, the benefits are really obvious. There's more control over those data flows. There's reduced client-side weight. The data collection can be normalized. There's the possibility to move to server set or um, HTTP only cookies. And yes, there's also the ability to skip around ad and content blockers. I've spoken about server-side tagging at length in countless conferences, workshops, trainings, and water cooler discussions, because I genuinely believe that not only is it a very likely future for data collection and processing in organizations, its potential for net positive gains for data security, privacy, and client-side performance really turn it into a preferred future rather than just a necessary one. The main benefits of server-side tagging are in control and governance. Think of a modern tagging scenario. A website visitor subscribes to your newsletter and you want to notify the myriad of marketing platforms that you're working with that a conversion event happened because you've flagged this newsletter subscription as a conversion. If you have, say, 10 different vendors that all want to know about the conversion, the website needs to download 10 different JavaScript libraries from 10 different content delivery networks. These 10 different JavaScript libraries generate 10 or more different requests to their various endpoints, um, setting first-party cookies, um, passing third-party cookies, collecting information for digital fingerprints, etc., 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 this is a terrible, absolutely frightening lack of control. Neither the website nor the user has any real power over what these vendor libraries do. At best, they'll collect exactly the data that the website has configured them to collect, but they're still potentially leaking information that's in the page URL. They're still sending the visitor's IP address and browser details in the HTTP headers themselves, and they'll still exert considerable stress on the visitor's computer or device 
due to bandwidth expenditure and executing the code in the JavaScript libraries themselves. At worst, these libraries employ methods that can only be described as malware. They're building complicated fingerprints that uniquely identify the user across websites. They're scraping the visitor's email address from web forms to utilize as an extremely sticky identifier. They're collecting data from first-party cookies entirely unrelated to the vendor's business, but potentially useful for data brokering, and so on. It's a horrible mess. It really is. Many of the vendors use outdated and potentially performance-killing synchronous scripts and document write hacks to stay out of the reach of tracking protections and ad blockers. And much of the time, the data is bounced around various partner trackers as well, making it practically impossible for the site's owners to do uh, due diligence when it comes to respecting data retrieval and removal requests from users under the GDPR in the European Union, for example. With server-side tagging, all of these concerns can be mitigated. Server-side tagging is about control and governance. It's about intervention, it's about validation, and ultimately it's about taking responsibility for something that was difficult to be accountable for in the past. If we revisit the example from earlier, the 10 different vendors that require information about a conversion that happened on the site no longer run their scripts in the browser. Instead, the browser only sends a single stream of data, completely unassisted or untainted by vendor JavaScript, to the server-side tagging endpoint. In the server, this data stream is parsed, validated, vetted, potentially enriched, and then distributed to the vendors that should receive it. And the vendors that should not receive it, such as due to lack of legal basis for the data collection, will have no access to the stream. The client, meaning the browser or the device in this case, is spared the exertion of downloading and executing these competing but strikingly similar JavaScript libraries because all that logic is handled server-side. And most importantly, the opportunity for abusing the user's browser for unbridled data harvesting is removed very efficiently from these vendors as they no longer have direct access to the user's browser and all the remaining fingerprintable surfaces can be effaced from the stream once it passes through the server. Unfortunately, the same technology that brings relief can be used to inflame the situation even further. A modified version of the Vegas rule applies. What happens in the server stays in the server. Even though the client is no longer in the eye of the storm when it comes to the turbulence of vendor libraries wreaking havoc in the user's browser, it's transparency that pays the ultimate price. We're going to discuss the implications of the Vegas rule and the paradox of how control can be simultaneously strengthened and lost right after this quick break, so please stick around for the rest. Are you a marketing or a data professional looking to skill up? Take a look at the online courses Simmer has to offer at teamsimmer.com. The courses are completely self-paced and your enrollment will grant you lifetime access to the material, including any updates. Go to teamsimmer.com and use the coupon code HANDBOOK to get 10% off your course purchase. That's teamsimmer.com. What happens in the server stays in the server. This adaptation of the Vegas rule is extremely important to mitigate in the context of server-side tagging. 
If we yet again revisit the example from before, imagine that we now have the perfectly optimized and configured data stream running to the server. Instead of 10 different but very similar requests sent from the browser to the vendors, we now have just one request sent to the server where it is then fanned out to the vendors. It's a victory for client-side performance, it's a victory for data security and privacy, and it's a victory for building a relationship of trust between the site and its visitors, whatever that means. <laughs> However, think about this for a while. 10 data streams are reduced to just one. All the distribution logic happens in the server. But the user or the browser or the app has no visibility to what happens in the server. The server is veiled in a fog of war which no client-side mechanisms can unilaterally penetrate. The fact is that there's nothing stopping an unscrupulous company from taking all the same nasty stuff that used to be done in the browser, where it was visible to anyone auditing the data flows, and doing it all in the server instead, where the full scale and scope of a managed cloud infrastructure can help achieve things that could never be done with the computation capabilities of a desktop computer or a mobile device. The user sees just one data stream leaving the browser to the server, but they have no way of knowing what happens to the stream once it hits the server. The user can see exactly what the server receives. The HTTP request is of course perfectly visible to the client, but they don't know how much of that HTTP request will be used to digitally fingerprint the user, or which identifiers will be accessed to further enrich the data in the server itself. But Let's start from the top of a list of concerns I have for server-side tagging that seems to correlate with the length of the list of benefits I've attached to the technology too. First, no matter how much folks like myself, Google, and the technologically aware privacy community try to suggest otherwise, it seems like for a very large portion of server-side tagging users, the benefit of circumventing ad and content blockers is one of the main reasons for jumping on the bandwagon. If you remember from my interview with Brave's Pete Snyder from episode 2 of this podcast, ad and content blockers look for certain domain and URL patterns in network requests that are known to be associated with companies that participate in advertising and tracking, and they block these requests if a match is made. By moving to a first-party server-side host for these resources, the vast majority of ad blockers are neutered, as they no longer find the offending domain, such as google.com, from the request. Instead, the request is routed to myfirstparty.com, meaning the ad blocker won't be able to do anything about this. For those that consider this to be a good thing, as you can finally get all that data back that ad blockers are taking away from you, I can only say this. What you are doing is invasive and disrespectful of the user's wishes. The users have opted into using a tool or a browser that blocks these resources. They might not want to participate in your company's advertising data collection. They might not want potential privacy leaks as their identifiers are mishandled. They might not want their browsers to go through the extra computation and bandwidth expenditure just to load these ad or tracking related resources. Or they might just install the ad blocker because the extension had a cute icon. 
The fact is that you don't know why they are using this extension. The user might have a reason to use a blocker completely unrelated to what you guess it might be. And by circumventing these blockers, you are flipping the user off, saying that their preferences do not matter to your data-hungry agenda. Yes, ad and content blockers are often much too cavalier in what they actually block. I've personally often wondered why a tool like Google Tag Manager is on the easy privacy list, because it doesn't do any data collection in itself. But when I think about it more, if I were to design a privacy-enhancing content blocker, I, too, would probably block Google Tag Manager, because the overwhelming majority of GTM implementations do install trackers and advertising scripts. So, no. Whatever your justification for circumventing ad and content blockers is, in my view, you're wrong. You're doing a disservice to your site visitors, and you should really rethink your approach. But let's go back to having that single data stream as an abstraction for 10 different vendor requests. What if the site visitor had a blocker that blocks four of those 10 data streams, but leaves six of them unblocked? When you slim it all down to a single data stream, there's no way for you to know in the server that four of your server-side tags should not fire because the user has an ad blocker in the browser. And this is where it gets difficult to actually respect the user's wishes, even if you wanted to. You might accidentally end up circumventing ad blockers even if this wasn't your intention. There are ways to mitigate this, such as by running an ad blocker detection script in the browser and then sending a signal with the request for different types of tags the ad blocker would normally suppress and then replicate this logic in the server. But this technology doesn't really exist yet, partially because detecting ad blockers is actually really difficult to do. However, there is work being done on this, and hopefully this would be something natively supported by Google Tag Manager at some point. Consent is a similar problem when it comes to these data streams. In the European Union, consent is most often enacted in the framework of the ePrivacy Directive, which controls what types of browser storage and device storage can be accessed when the user visits a site. Technically, each separate cookie or other browser storage entry used by the site needs to be evaluated for whether it's strictly necessary for providing the service of the website or not. If it's not necessary, it needs explicit and informed consent from the user to access that data. If consent is not granted, the cookie or other storage is not allowed to be accessed by scripts running on the site. Well, again, when the scripts and requests are running in the browser, a savvy user can audit those requests to see if their cookie information is being used. They can see if cookies are being set and they can see if their values are being refreshed. When the request is sent to the server, however, the user has no visibility to see if those first-party cookies they did not consent to are being manipulated in the server. Now, this is very similar to the problem with ad and content blockers, but this time there's actually legislation to back the user's concerns. Due to how cookies are included in the HTTP request headers, it's also entirely possible for a server-side setup to use cookies unintentionally because the server was not informed about the consent status of this user. This is exacerbated if the team running the server-side tag management system and the team handling consent management don't communicate with each other, by the way. In any case, this is very problematic. Cookies can be read and written in these HTTP requests without the user having anything they can do to prevent this. 
it's very difficult to audit what is done with those cookies, which makes it also a GDPR problem, as some of those cookies might include personal data. Obviously, if the site is breaking the law, they're breaking the law, and they should be sanctioned. But the veil of the server is extremely potent. It's difficult for privacy auditors to gather enough evidence to actually do something about this potential misuse. So again, the positive gains of consolidating those data streams are compromised due to the lack of transparency to what happens in the server. But what can be done about this? How do we solve this? How will we be able to peer behind the veil of the server, break the Vegas rule and properly verify that our data is not being misused? I personally believe that developing technologies for two-way data flows between the server and the client is the way to go. In addition to sending the data to the server, the server should transparently respond with a data package that explains what happened to the data stream in the server. The browser or client device should have a mechanism to read this information and to report it to the user. The lowest barrier of entry would be something as simple as a browser extension that reads those responses and informs the user. Naturally, the message back from the server to the client could be manipulated and contain falsehoods, but that is unfortunately just the way the technology works. Obviously, with legal infractions, the site has to comply with data retrieval requests and data removal requests, and they have to explain what's happening with the data server side. But the legal route is always the one with the most friction, and there should be a mechanism for technically legal but ethically questionable approaches such as circumventing ad blockers too. For now, server-side tagging is still seen as a way to get data back. The narrative is that this data was unfairly taken away from marketers, analysts and advertisers, and server-side tagging offers a way to get it back. I completely understand this. I know how frustrating it is to have the very foundations of these immensely large industries completely overhauled without any viable alternatives offered as compensation. We work with less and less data due to blockers and browser tracking controls, and what we do have is often of degraded quality due to the enforcement of privacy legislation. But server-side tagging doesn't or at least shouldn't solve any of these things because they are not problems to be solved. They're users taking agency over their own data with the full blessing of legal systems that are finally waking up to the decades of misuse and unbridled data harvesting done by companies all over the world. Server-side tagging is about control and governance. It's about making it even easier to comply with the user's wishes and what the laws state. It's about reducing the effort required from the user's browser or device to help your company collect data. It's about making those data streams as secure and protected as possible so that nothing is leaked to the vendors that the user might not want them to see. With the recent updates to Apple's mobile operating systems, iOS and iPadOS, and mainly the versions 14.5 and 15, many again ask if server-side is the solution. Well, no. Moving data collection server-side doesn't exempt you from what Apple's App Store policy is. It might make it easier to circumvent some of App Tracking Transparency Framework's technical features, such as IDFA suppression, but if you are caught trying to circumvent those policies, your app might get excluded from the App Store, regardless of if the data is sent to the vendor or if it's first sent to your server. In the end, the server is not a very intelligent machine. 
It digests what is sent to it, and then it sends the information onwards, sometimes after enrichment and validation. Garbage in, garbage out. If the request from the device or the browser has no identifying bits, such as due to Apple obfuscating the IP address, or due to Brave scrambling the URLs and referrers to remove them of tracking identifiers, the server won't be able to fix this degraded data quality. And even if it could, it probably shouldn't. By moving data collection to the server, a whole new level of responsibility and accountability rises. I think there's a misconception with many that because you can do things in the server, you should do them. So because you can trivially circumvent ad blockers, you might as well do it. Because you can easily skip around constant status, especially if the implementation team never exposed it in the cookies, you should do it. And because you can send the data to vendors that promise not to misuse the data but have no, no documentation to support this, it's totally fine to send it over. This is all BS. As a huge advocate of server-side tagging, but also as a regular internet user, I really, really hope this problem of transparency gets attention from the Google engineers, from the ad tech and martech industry, from legislation, from practitioners, and from users themselves. I hate that all the wonderful positive potential that server-side tagging has is always reduced to celebrating its potential for circumventing existing data control mechanisms. I wish the rhetoric would change so the server-side tagging doesn't become another victim of the overcorrection that's happening in our industry that's waking up to a privacy-first world. There's still a lot of work to be done to make server-side a truly viable option for responsible data collection. The technology is already there, but education is what's lacking. I hope that by listening to this extended rant, you might have been persuaded to look at server-side tagging not for its possibility to circumvent, but for its potential to actually enhance and support the user's agency over their own data. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Technical Marketing Handbook podcast. Please consider subscribing if you haven't already. You can find the podcast in most of the podcast services out there, or you can browse to teamsimmer.com slash tmh podcast to find more information. You'll hear from me in two weeks' time with the next episode. Until then, take care, stay safe, and remember to hug your loved ones, even if they don't know what server-side tagging is. Mm-hmm.